It's episode 70 of Leading Ladies Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting across from one of the most talented artists that is here locally. Uh, just her artwork is just incredible. That most recent one that sold of the two friends, I think they were friends in the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one just blew my mind. But I'm talking about Janine Leal. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. Yes, I had to, I mean, I, I've known ever since we started following each other that I wanted to bring you on and talk about it because your art's, it's not like anything I've seen. All the artists that I follow are, are you know, slightly different. They all have their own styles and yours is definitely that. And uh, I know that color is your everyday obsession. Is that the... <laughs> I have it written down. Yes. Color is my day-long obsession. That's a quote from Monet. Okay. So, and you incorporate that, obviously, into your work. Really, I always tell people this is how I see the world. Like, when I look at you, I see all these pinks in your skin, and I see yellow, and this is just how oh I see gosh. the world. How incredible is that? And so you were also San Antonio Monthly's Artist of the Year in 2018, which I think is such a tremendous honor. I mean, to be Artist of the Year, how did that feel whenever they made the announcement? Did you know ahead of time? How does that work? So they contacted me, and I think it was because I used to tag uh, DM Rodriguez. He's the editor over there mm-hmm. uh, with some of my events. And so I guess that's how he knew of me. Plus, I was doing a lot of fairs and different things different art things in san antonio and that's Mm -hmm. a whole another story about how i ended up doing that solely in san antonio for a while okay but so he just contacted me one day and asked me if i you know they were gonna do artist of the month and so i was just waiting for it to come around i sent them all the pictures they need a certain kind Mm -hmm. you know it has to be really format and everything yeah and so I was having all my art professionally photographed by a guy here in town, uh, Art Castle. Mm-hmm. I've and heard it, yes. He do, uh, Ron Brandt, he does G. Clay prints for all the, almost anybody who does G. Clay prints in town, and even in San Antonio, uses Ron Brandt. He's really great. Wow, okay, good to know. So I had all these professional photos that, of the art on hand, so it was perfect. So I sent them the all the pictures and then they send me back the proof and it says artist of the year and I'm like what? <laughs> surprise yeah. yes that's I mean yeah for and for them to say it at the beginning of the year like this is the artist of the year I just wow what an incredible you know especially from a city that you don't live from because you're from Robstown right okay so tell me about growing up did you know were you always artistic was it innate and like you said you see things the way they're depicted in your paintings so what was it like I was raised by my grandparents in Robstown, and they were always really encouraging. I got my talent, my artistic talent, from my dad. He's really talented. He could draw you just like you are. Just wow. perfect copy, someone just spot on. But anyway, I always wanted to be an artist. I never wanted to be anything else. Mm-hmm. So I always thought, I would tell people I was an artist, like when I was six and seven, and you see me in pictures, and I would be cutting stuff or drawing. That's what I was doing all the time. Yeah. So it's just always been part of me. What was your favorite medium to use? Was it always sketching or drawing or painting? I, or? I think at the time, yes, because that was what was available. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so yeah, but I love painting because it's faster and easier, really, than drawing. <laughs> oh, see, I've never heard that. Okay, that's interesting. And why is that? Because you just start putting paint on a canvas and just roll with it. You don't. You can't erase necessarily. Right. You don't. You just kind of push the paint a little further this way and a little further that way. So were you always, I mean, did the talent just come inherently? Because obviously the vision's there, but when it came to painting, because whenever whenever I've dabbled in this kind of stuff, how I want it to look is never how it looks. But was it always immediate for you that whenever you would start painting or drawing that it would be, the outcome would be exactly how you wanted it or did you have to work on it a little bit? No, I always have to work at it. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those artists who just gets it down the first time so I do have to work and work and work but that's okay yeah no I like that so did you in high school you took a lot of art classes and focused on that and did you go to school for it yes I I took art in college and I did art for my university's activity program let's see it was called campus activities okay what university and okay very good and so I won't age myself and tell you any more about that. And you look great. Thank you. Age is just a number. So I just always loved colorful. I always, whenever I colored, 
or when I, I drew, I did it in color pencil and I just always put all the colors in there. So it's just been something I've always done. Mm. So when did you decide to pursue this, like to start, uh, like exhibits and that kind of thing? When did you realize like, man, I'm pretty good. Like I could probably, you know, make pieces and, and, you know, make a living off of this kind of thing. So when I was in school, because when you're in school, you're practicing every day, mm -hmm. I was a lot better. Mm -hmm. I was really good at figure drawing. I, I could copy you pretty well, but I got out of practice. I got married, you know, had my kids, just put it away for the longest time to the point where I didn't even remember that that was something about myself. Oh my gosh. It was, it was so back there. Wow. So my daughter was like 15 or 16 before I started doing art with my residents because I was working in long-term healthcare. Yes. And so I was doing it with them, right? Mm -hmm. Like activities. Yes. Yes. There's something, like I said, I did research on you. So you did like for senior companion stuff? Right now I run the senior companion program okay. for the city, with, which is really awesome. I love that. Yeah. Position. We're going to talk about that because I didn't even know that existed. So, yeah. And I work for the city. So we're going <laughs> to talk about that. But backtrack. So, oh, so you finally decided to bring back some of your artistic skills because of your day job. Right. Yeah. Just with my residents. So I would pick out a picture for them and we would paint. And then I would, I started doing some research and building little curriculums where we could learn a genre, paint in that genre, learn about all the artists in that era. Like when we studied Impressionism, it was so much fun learning about all the relationships, you know, with all the people that started that whole movement. And so they really got into it, but I wasn't painting for myself. Right. I wasn't doing anything at home. I wasn't doing anything in my style. It was like... And why do you think that is? I was just too busy raising my kids and just right. doing that. And uh, when Jackie was little, my daughter, my oldest, I didn't want her to see me doing anything else but her. So I just... Wow. So I just... I, I stayed at home for eight, ki eight years with the kids. And How was that? It, it seems like a dream. Yeah. I don't think it's possible nowadays really, mm -hmm. but it was, it was, it was nice. It was fun. Yeah. We, we had play groups and mommy and me days and stuff like that. So it was really great. But I'm sure some of your talent came out in like DIY stuff, like bringing her up, right? Oh yes. We were really crafty, but I wasn't thinking of paintings or exhibits or anything like that. It mm -hmm. was just like, that was the past. I don't yes. do that anymore. Man. So and what, did you feel like something was missing, kind of? No. Okay. It was, so, cool. it was so funny that I never did. I felt so fulfilled just being, doing what I was doing. No, that actually makes me really happy because there's so often that I'll talk to women that are like, no, I totally put everything, like my dream or whatever it may be, my self-care kind of thing on the back burner to do A, B, and C. But no, it was literally like you, you embraced it 100%. Almost like you knew you could come back to it. And I never thought I would. It just was gone. That was it. That was the past. Because, so I got married uh, out of college. My husband was in the military. We moved to Charleston, South Carolina, and I got my dream job. I was working as an artist in this company. It was in There was 10 in-house artists, and we painted all day long. But it was piecework. Whoa. They, they call it piecework. Yeah, what's that? It's It's... Could be considered selling out for an artist because you're <laughs> you're just you're painting like occasional tables or we we painted occasional tables armors mailboxes wow um, bird houses just all different kinds of things and so they had a an art director who would come up with themes and then we would do our interpretation of her theme so it might be a re a wreath or a golfer, mostly impressionistic style. Yeah. And we just did that all day. So. And you loved it. I loved it. It was that great. That is so awesome. It was great being in a room 10 hours a day with 10 other artists. And, and so I thought, this is, this is it. I have my dream job. I get to do what I like to do and get paid for it. And then I, I got pregnant with my daughter. So that was it. I, I gave it all up. That's, inter that's <laughs> interesting, yeah, because you're like, okay, now it's time to be a mom, and you just, like, embrace being mom 100%. I envy you a little bit in that you were able to be so focused and feel so fulfilled, you know? It's like I was, like, my three months off for being a mom. I'm like, oh, what else could I be doing, you know? But you just lived in the moment. That's amazing. I was older when I had Jackie, mm -hmm. so I was 28 when I had her. So I, she was my job. 
Like I literally did all this research and built a curriculum for her and we did all these little things with all the different stages and we had wow. a Montessori style playroom for her with all the low open shelving and all the, it was just a wonderful time in my life to be able to do that. That is so neat. Cause yeah, I think in a way you just kind of modified your artistic talents to encompass your, your daughter's childhood. Because how old is she now? She's 21. Does she look... <laughs> I know you're like, stop asking me these questions. Uh, but looking back, does she think like, man, I had a pretty neat, like, childhood. I mean, my you were there all the time. Like you said, you developed different activities and curriculum and stuff like that, which I noticed is a theme going on. Because right. you did it for your daughter and then you did it for your residents. Yes. Yeah. And I did it for our university too because we we were in charge of campus activities. A good friend of mine. I feel like what landed me here talking to you today is because I've always just been around these amazing leading women. So if I'm considered one of those, it's just because of all those amazing women that I had that example from. You absolutely are. I mean, yeah, for you to go from being 100% devoted mom to what triggered this, like these creations, because you said your daughter was like 16, 17. So... So when I started painting with my residents, yes, and I didn't, I didn't have any canvases at home, nothing until 2015. So I did. A friend of mine told me about a, a contest at a local library, a, a self-portrait contest. So I did one picture, and I think I have it. Here. Yes, I want to see it. I might have it on my phone. She brought a, a, so many prints, and they're all just beautiful. I could just stare at them. She, yeah, her obsession is color, you can tell. But we're, we're going to look at this self-portrait. Because this is what, like, busted you out of the retirement. <laughs> kind of, never knowing that it would. So I entered it, I got second place. I told a good friend of mine uh, who works kind of, in, was working in my industry, and she had connections to this gallery. Well, so I, I was in transition. I had moved from one job to another, mm-hmm. kind of down, just really depressed and I think she was just trying to save me she's a leading lady in Corpus Christi too Gloria Gooding I would love to talk to Gloria you know she's just amazing but she does a lot of really cool stuff in town so so she's trying to pull me out of this little funk and say hey you want to do an art show you know we were over a glass a couple of glasses of wine and I said sure yes then I thought oh my gosh I called my mom she said don't say no just uh, jump on the opportunity so then I had this one painting I had to go home and paint more paintings because I didn't have anything else. I just had that one. Oh, wait. Portrait. So this wasn't just submit one painting. This she was... wanted me to do a show, right? Whoa. She, she had access to this gallery at in the old Supreme Lending building downtown. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So it was so. It was just, I wasn't expecting to sell anything. I was just so happy that I actually got to do it and my daughter invited all her friends. And that was the big deal to me. Yes, like, that's I'm going to do this just one time and that's going to be cool but then everybody wanted to buy stuff I didn't even know what to price it at that time I was just so far (laughs) removed from the art scene or from the art world Uh, I didn't know what to price it at I didn't know anything about that I had to teach myself all that wow yeah the whole business side of it right I'm not familiar with it at all either but I mean it's important to doing what you're what you're doing so okay so you had to go and paint how many more paintings for this gallery so a lot (laughs) so i had through the years been drawing or sketching one year i took a year off to help my son with his reading in between jobs so so i was sketching at that time when they were at school so i just went home and took pictures of these sketches and blew them up and put them in the show and they sold it was so funny and my my friend gloria's you know partner thought oh no that's not that's not too artsy but it worked. <laughs> well, I mean, whenever people try to say what is or isn't artsy, it always cracks me up because it's so subjective. But that's neither here nor there because yeah. obviously it was what the people wanted. Right, right. It ended up working. So, And it was only because I was promising her the show and, and I had to hurry up and produce. I did a portrait of my mom and my daughter. And there was just a bunch of different little pictures in there, some skulls and some Frida stuff and 
that kind of thing. So. How long does it take you to do a portrait, typically? So for something like that, like a gallery? It really doesn't take that long. Because <laughs> I'm just so amazing. So it takes you almost no time to do a portrait of somebody, which is pretty incredible. I mean, do you, just, do you go by picture? Do you have them sit there? Do they need to stay super still like they show in movies, like in the old days? When you go to school, they'll teach you to do a portrait from in from a real a real model mm -hmm. but that's hard to get so of course I just use a picture yeah and so some of them is are just my interpretation of that picture because I'm not as good as I was when I was in school and you think I think yeah I used to be a lot better at drawing so what it's a, a huge commitment mm -hmm. so you just have to hone it and I really just do a sketch now. I don't really do a big, huge drawing before I do my painting. I just do a kind of little idea of it. Yes. And then I do the painting. See, yeah. I, I kind of, if I were to be anything artistically, it would be a writer. And I hated rough drafts. I hated them. I, I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, no, I'll just like edit as I go. Like, I'm not going to do four drafts of the same paper. Like, no. And so I think it's cool to hear someone like you, such a masterful artist, you know, kind of like, oh, I do a little something, but for the most part, I just kind of go with it. So your first gallery, you didn't expect much of it, and then it turned out to be a huge success, thanks to Gloria, which, how did she know? I feel like people are putting our paths like that for a reason, to seriously, like, guide us toward this kind of thing. Like, have you talked to her about that? We've talked about it lots of times, so... So along the way, there was lots of leading ladies, like I was telling you, that influenced my life. She's just one of them. But what happened was she was coming to my facility. I was doing activities for the plaza at the Mirador. Mm -hmm. And she was uh, marketing her program, which is called Memories on Canvas. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's a retirement community, the Mirador? Yes. Is that what you call them, retirement communities? Yes. Okay. So it was like the only five-star resort style retirement community south of San Antonio at the time. Mm -hmm. And so it was like the premiere. It was really great to work there. Anyway, so Gloria was coming in to market her program, which she did. It was a program for Alzheimer's, people oh, with great. Alzheimer's, and it was called Memories on Canvas. And so I was, so she, she started to see how we were doing it at our community. She liked it and asked me to help her, and then I ended up helping her facilitate some of the workshops that she did for the other activity directors in town. Mm -hmm. So that's how we kind of had that art connection. Yeah. She knew that I could do it. <laughs> yeah. So so we started hanging out just like a lot of the marketers and people that work in that in that industry will hang out, you know, your friends from work. For sure. So that's how it all came to be. Yeah, and then for her to just kind of push you not in a bad way but she's like hey you want to do this let's do this yeah and then it turned out to be really successful so after that did you think man there might be something to this can i i think i got the bug after that night mm -hmm. after i had that first show and i thought oh this is so cool so then i and what year was this the first was, gallery i think that was uh 2016 okay so very recent that is insanity and so then I just, I entered another show. I didn't realize that that's how it goes, right? Mm -hmm. They Galleries do a call for art and they usually have a theme. Mm -hmm. So that's how the Frida things came about because there was one that I just happened to see in San Antonio that was uh, Frida Fest and they were, yes. they were looking for portraits of Frida. So I put my self-portrait in there because it was, it was a Frida style self-portrait. Okay. Or a Frida inspired and it had like the flower crown, so that's why I put it in there. Mm -hmm. So, and so that was the next move. So you had your first gallery, and then you entered into what do you call it, uh, Frida Fest? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I did it every year after that, and so then I would just kind of try to build a little inventory for those. It was kind of like a booth sale type thing, which I was being discouraged to do here in town. So that's why I was doing them in San Antonio because it was extra money. And at the time that was something I needed yes. to do. So <laughs> no, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Make your talent work for you. Right. Yeah. I'm glad that you did. Yeah. It was kind of funny how it all worked it out. Yeah. How it all worked out because then the whole thing with San Antonio Monthly came about. So mm -hmm. yeah, they recognize because your stuff is just 
Thank you. So great. And I think you, do you participate in some of the Frida Fest down here? I did, yes. Uh, I I was the artist, I guess the featured artist at the Frida Fanatics. Mm-hmm. That's what it was, the Frida, because you posted some stuff about it, I think. Right. Yeah. And there's some other leading ladies right there. Christina O'Donnell and um, Dora Wilburn. They're leading. I've heard of her. Okay, I'm digging all these shout outs. Yeah, Yeah, I want to talk to everybody because there are so many of you just literally doing what it is you want to do and just bringing light to the city and the area and stuff like that. I mean, through art or nonprofits or whatever it may be. And it's just, you're so important to hear because. Thank you. Yeah, like I said, what's the name of that one painting that you just sold with the two women in the boat? It was, I called it many moons ago because there was all those moons in the background. I love it. Uh, But really it's two lovers. And I kind of did it with a collector in mind Mm -hmm. and I wasn't putting it out there so she would buy it, but she ended up buying it. Isn't that funny? (laughs) No, you made that happen. You manifested it. Yeah, she ended up buying it as an anniversary present for her partner and oh so. my god that makes me so well and, that, and I think I met I shared it because I just loved it so much and, and you said hey thanks for sharing and uh, you then you asked me how I interpreted it and uh, and then I said that there's just like an intimacy toward between them I was like, I mean they could be family they could be really good friends I mean whatever it may be but there's just something that they're sharing that the outside world doesn't have and I haven't been affected by a piece of art like that in a long time that just made me just kind of stop and be like Wow. I mean, the, the, the colors, just everything. So, so beautiful. So I want to talk about your style. How did you, you know, customize your style? Because you have some really neat themes throughout your paintings. One of which I noticed was a hummingbird, uh, the usage of the hearts. Also just I, Frida. There seems to be a lot of Frida going on. So just like explain to me, like why? What are your inspirations and everything? So that was another thing that I got when I first started painting you know, yeah, you want to do this art show? And then I put up this stuff and it's like, well, why are you doing this? It's <laughs> like, so weird. But you know, when people ask you why. When you're your talking art. to your work friends, you're talking about work. So they don't really get to know you on that personal level. But when I got married and I left Texas, there was no like Bonuelos or Michoacana or there was none of that. Mm-hmm. It was the, just barren of our culture and I mm-hmm. missed it. So all I read was you know, Mexican-American novelists or Hispanic writers. And so that always inspired me. That was just keeping my culture alive for me when I had to be so far away from it. Because I grew up in a town where there was, like, just all Hispanic people, hardly any other. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was used to. So No, I'm the same way. Growing up in South Texas, it's weird to me if there's not diversity in the mix. I just, it's weird. I notice it. Yeah. So, so I guess my friends didn't really realize that that's where my brain was, but it just came out in the paintings that that's, that's how I see life. That's so the, you know, the heart is so already so prevalent in our culture, right? With the mm-hmm. sacred heart and with the Loteria, mm-hmm. El Corazon and stuff like that. So it's just a image that I always saw, but to me, it's just. At the time when I started doing all the hearts, I was reading a bunch of research about the electromagnetic field how and how that your heart emits. I love emits, this stuff. Yeah, your heart emits this electromagnetic field that is stronger than the one that your brain puts off. And other people can feel it. Mm-hmm. And some people are just really good at picking that up. Mm-hmm. and some people Like an empath or something. It. Yeah. And so that's why I was really drawn to the heart at the time and doing this kind of thing. Yes. This one is called Connection. I love it. And so it's also kind of... Guys, I wish you could be here or I was videoing this because she's holding up her pieces and, and going over them with me. And I just feel so fortunate. This one in person was just powerful. The colors you can't really capture in a in a print. But mm. it was inspired by the two Fridas painting because it was going to go into a Frida show in the in the valley in McAllen. There's Innovations Art Gallery and they do a Frida in Red every year mm-hmm. theme. So and the reason why there's a bunch of Fridas in my repertoire is because uh, those those calls for art that have that kind of theme. So yes. I, I read her biography when I was 19 and 
I wouldn't let my daughter read it. I'm a copykeeper <laughs> for reading it. I I, well, I'm not going to lie. I want to read it now. I'm like, why didn't I ever think to read her bio? All I, right, I'm going to do that. That's my thing. I just love biographies. Right now, I'm I'm doing Audible now, but I'm listening to Gloria Steinem's My mm-hmm. Life on the Road. Oh, my gosh. It's so powerful. Yeah, it's interesting to hear about someone's experiences in their own words because oftentimes we'll know some of it, and it's always third party, you know, like whoever, the person reporting on it and not them. Right. right on. I'm going to check out the Frida bio. Yes, it's really good. It's not for young people, though. <laughs> I, I believe it. Well, although, yeah, the, I don't know as much about her as I wish I did, but just a little bit about her and her marriage, I'm just like, man, they were something else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it right there. So she did these, the, the painting of the two Fridas. She's holding her own hand, and so that and they're mm-hmm. joined with these veins, and that's kind of... Inspired. Right. I love that. So that's that's a lot of the heart theme. This is like that electromagnetic field you can see in the colors, or that's the way I depicted it. The hummingbird in my paintings. In Aztec mythology, the hummingbird is a warrior god. So that's that's the reason. Okay. It's the fighter, it's the fighting spirit spirit for the people in the picture. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you said that that's pretty much the only bird that makes an appearance in your pieces. It's all that. It's like, I guess, an homage to that that indigenous culture that we all have mixed in us. Mm-hmm. And also to that warrior spirit that we have. So, I absolutely love that. <laughs> so do you see significance in seeing hummingbirds? This is awesome. Hum- <laughs> uh, hummingbirds in real life? Well, in real life, they really do fight like warriors. I guess that's why they got they were depicted. This is so freaking cool. I'm taking if if it's cool, I'm taking this one. Yes, <laughs> yeah, whichever one you want. So, or all of them if you want to. So this one was K-Space did a call for art for Lucha Libre, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to paint some big sweaty men, so I. Put the Lucha Libre mask on the hummingbird. Well, this is perfect, especially now that I know the Aztec uh, symbolism of them. Right. That is so cool. And is that what this is? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, see, I had no idea. And I'm all about if you see a certain animal that you don't typically see, it's meant to be some sort of message yeah. or something like that. And so... I think, do you identify with them in that kind of way? Like if a hummingbird comes around or you're like, okay, that's like a little nod to me, like to keep being strong and that kind of thing. Right. And that they're kind of like women. They're soft and sweet and little, but You don't think of them as as a warrior. Right. It's cool to me because the Aztecs were so advanced that they saw them that way. That's pretty darn cool. I had no idea. So that's why the hummingbird's in there. (laughs) Oh, but I love it. Yeah. So she's riding this hummingbird kind of away from this darkness. Okay. You know, her. it's her, like, triumph into the light. And here the, moon, the moonlight is the light that she's riding into. So I think also all the art has kind of a storybook quality mm-hmm. just because I love storybook art. I, I would get lost in the books that I would buy for my daughter, and she'd be asleep, and I'd still be there reading and Oh. She's asleep. <laughs> that is the perfect way to describe your art, actually. I couldn't put my finger on it, but to have storybook, uh, that it's storybook quality, yes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, to me, it's, it's a little bit finer than that, but it, it's similar in how it makes me feel. Uh, and then I, I think it was in the San Antonio Monthly article, they described it as being dreamlike. And I, yeah. Because a lot of times I think that's how my mind works, is very much how your. This makes me want to try to put it in this form. You know what I mean? Like, you're inspiring me. I probably won't. But you're inspiring. <laughs> but you're in- I'm like, man, I wish I could make those images. I could depict them in this visual way that you do. And so wh- how do these ideas come to you? Is it like in a, you know what I mean? How do you get, how, like, how would you get inspired to make this? Is it a feeling, an emotion, something happened? Usually, I really get inspired by music. Mm-hmm. So I'll listen to lyrics and then a visual comes in my head. So I have like 40 stuck in my head right now that I need to paint. But Really? So, yeah. That's, wow. That's just how it comes about. It's usually music. So like this one, 
I was I was going to the Fleetwood Mac. I'm concert. glad you brought this one. I was going to the Fleetwood Mac concert, and so me and all my girlfriends were were listening to that book on Audible, Gold mm-hmm. Dust Woman. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so I really listened to the words for the first time. I, who hasn't listened to Fleetwood Mac a million times, right? Yes. But in this in this song, Sarah, she's she wrote the song for a baby that she aborted. Oh my god. And so right there that's like enough to make you want to listen like hey what does she say right? Mm-hmm. So anyway that that's the image that came to me when I realized that's what the song was about. And so it literally comes to you like as a vision. Kind of like a vision. Wow. See I love that cuz it seems to me that you have a very spiritual relationship with your art. And so the fact that it comes to you like that, you know, you're experiencing another medium and then you realize I have to, I have to paint this. Yeah. I've often described when I'm doing the painting that it is, it does feel like a spiritual experience. Just watching it evolve. Just, it's so much fun. I'm just in the zone. I'm kind of like meditating almost in a different little plane. Yes. Painting and then you're literally creating. It's so much fun. And I think it's cool that you described it as being meditative because it absolutely is. Uh, do you find that when you're done, you're like, I don't remember doing this. Like, I don't remember, like you were just so engrossed in it. You remember the process, but you don't remember, oh, I added this little detail or, you know what I mean? Cause you get so lost in it. Is, is that what it's like? It's sort of like you wake up from that meditative state that you're in and then it's like, oh, that came out better than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't come out of the <laughs> Don't be modest. <laughs> so what is your most, what, which piece are you most proud of? I guess I'm usually just in love with the last one I did. Mm-hmm. So I really love that one with the, I mean it. Many moons ago? Yes. It's oh, sort of like. It's so good. I haven't done prints of that one yet, but it's sort of like this one. Yes, tell me about this one, because this is. The spiritual body thing. I love it. I love that we can't see any details about the subjects except for their, like, cardiovascular system. <laughs> I know. I love it. Yeah. So that was still being inspired by that whole, that electric ma- magnetic field that your heart emits. And really, it's kind of done ambiguously like that because it can be a couple. It could be a parent and a child. Mm-hmm. It could be friends. So many people would... When the original was three foot by three foot and I took it to a show in San Antonio and people were just so moved by it. It was shocking for me that people were coming up and, and a lot of people thought it was parent and child. Just like the Interesting. Painting. That's how they interpret that. Yeah. I think of lovers. Uh, and yeah, that's me. That's how I, you know. Yeah. My rose color. And just like the, the many moons ago, a, a lot of people thought it was mother and daughter or mm-hmm. best friends mm-hmm. or sisters. And it really could be. It's uh, yes. kind of ambiguous like that. So there's really nothing to say that it's romantic. Yeah. No, it's literally just through the lens at which the viewer is is uh, reflecting on it. Which to me is the epitome of art, right? Yeah. You You make a piece and whatever mood or whatever viewpoint this, the consumer has is what makes it special but i mean when you interpret it what is it to you it was a couple Mm -hmm. it's it's based on this song uh called metaphysical so it's just about metaphysical love between a couple that is so freaking cool man yeah as soon as i saw that one i was like whoa because uh i think as you get older um you realize there's more to the world than what we see in front of us, you know, and that there are energies like Mm -hmm. you were talking about the electromagnetic kind of thing. So I'm like really feeling this one like a ton. And so of all the ones you've done, which is your favorite? I don't don't know. (laughs) They're all so good. I probably like, well, this one is, this one I really liked. It doesn't, do it justice to this picture but a couple here in town bought it it's it's it has a little table and chairs in there Mm -hmm. so it's like you're looking into this heart but in the room in this heart it's like the it could be the couple's 
first home because, you know, it's just them. It's just two chairs. Or it could be that their kids are growing up and now it's just them. I see what you're saying. That's beautiful. So it's just like that place you hold in your heart for... And then other people thought of it like their friends. And so a lot, I hadn't sold a lot of prints of that one. But mm-hmm. the originals are always way more intense because I use fluorescent paint. <laughs> Do you I, really? I mix it in with the regular paint. You know so what? You can, can tell. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it, even in the print you can tell. Because I feel like when I look at you, I, there's some brightness that I don't get with the regular paint. Mm-hmm. So I put the fluorescent paint in there and it's just drives me crazy I just love it <laughs> but I like hearing that though I, I like hearing like what makes you tick whenever it comes to making a painting so have you ever just painted anything for you like just I, I feel like painting and, and this is only for me like I, I'll never put it up for sale kind of thing okay so I did one it's the Frida with the big bird eyebrow that was almost all I love that one yes so I so Mandy bought it you interviewed her Bever yes okay Beaver she bought it and and I went to go pick it up because you know I needed to bring it home since she she was you know gonna make a payment or two on it until she was ready to take it home because she was doing some renovation and stuff so Mm -hmm. So when I went to go pick it up at Aurora Theater, it had already sold. And I didn't realize they had sold it for a full price to somebody else. What? <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah. But that one I really wanted to keep for myself. But since Mandy wanted I was like, okay, I'll, I'll sell it. Yeah. So, and it, it sold anyway. So so now I'm, I'm almost done with her. Another one that I'm making this. <laughs> Just like that one, but a little bit different. Yeah. Dang it. That is so funny. But it just means that she's meant for this newer one. Yeah. So when did you start getting your paintings incorporated into galleries? Oh, and also I have that you were the featured artist for Mexican-American Studies, the summer seminar at Del Mar College. So what does that mean? Because I think that's pretty darn cool. Like, these are art students, and they're studying you. And like what you're doing. Is that a mind? Does that blow your mind? That blows my mind. Like what? I think that's just something cool to tell your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? I'm a part of this curriculum. Yeah. I do it all for the kids. For my my son and daughter. But I guess that's one of my favorite ones too. It also sold. Dude, the way you do the eyes, man. The eyes. You just can't take your, you just can't take your eyes off the eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And the unibrow of a bird. It's such a brilliant touch well in one of her drawings and one of in a couple of her paintings she puts a bird on her on her face mm-hmm. like that but she does it you know opposite it's just an interpretation of how she does it for so, sure but it's like i want to put that on everybody now yeah <laughs> i love it yes yeah. i love the way mandy's came out i don't know who sold to mm-hmm. somebody just left the money there at War Theater, and I showed up, and they're like, oh, oh hey, here. <laughs> yeah, uh, we thought we were doing you a favor. Sorry. Is this a self-portrait? No. Okay. It's supposed to be another Frida. I was trying to do two or three Fridas for that show in San Antonio that one year, so. And because they'll just have a few in a row, like mm-hmm. the one in the valley, and then they go to Goliad after that. So it's kind of like if something sells, at least there'll be one left, so. Okay. So do you go do you go where your paintings go? I try to. Okay. I try as hard as I can. We have to deliver them, so might as well go. <laughs> I agree. And so do you just hang back and just see everybody's reactions to your pieces? What's that like? You get a thick skin. <laughs> oh. You know, as much as I don't want to acknowledge that, I know you're right cuz people just it's even, even like you said peers would say things and you're like, really? Okay. Yeah. Do you do anything other than organ? <laughs> that was funny. I just laughed. Funny. I just laughed. I think if I was younger, maybe it might hurt my feelings. For sure. Now oh, yeah. I've done absolutely. With age comes the, the thick skin, like you said. So I was featured artist at Rebel Toad. I can't remember what. It was. It's been a while, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it again in December there awesome. at Rebel Toad. I love that place. Yes, same. They are so wonderful. Mm-hmm. You should interview her. I would love to. Yeah, I, I, I haven't like met her yet, so it's one of those things where I'm gonna be like, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I she's on my list. Yeah, she's a leading <laughs> lady, Natalie. 
And so I was there, you know, just all these strangers, obviously, because they filled that bar up. And so it was really neat to see some of their reactions. And I ended up selling a lot of art there. And But there were some people that were like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, what's this? I don't get it. Yeah. And that's okay. Because it's not, for, I think that's the beauty of it, too, is that it's not for everyone. I always tell everybody that whenever, whenever somebody finds out I'm an artist and they ask me if they can see it, I'm like, well, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a good thing, though, you know? Um, yeah, because you don't want it to... Nothing against mass-produced Hobby Lobby art, right? It's nice, it's beautiful, it doesn't cause any strong opinions, it's fine. But, I mean, you're not that, and that's amazing. I don't want you to be mass-produced Hobby Lobby art that everybody likes. Right. Or, like, hospital art. It's all really culturally influence mm-hmm. so even like the one that i was in, was inspired by by stevie nick's song i feel like it just has that that latinx you know feel to it just the colors and yeah the colors for sure and the hearts and then of course yeah that's really what kind of brings it forward the 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 hispanic feel and then her lyrics here on the side i thought i didn't just... even notice those they're just powerful. Is that your handwriting? Yes. You have great handwriting. Thank you. Mine, don't look at mine. It's right here. It's and this good. this one, original is like bigger than three and a half by four and a half, something like that. It's a big painting. And it's just so, it was just so much fun to do. So I look at them and that's what I remember, how much fun I had doing it. <laughs> well, that's what, you can just tell how much joy you get by making these because just looking at them brings everybody else joy. I mean, I don't know if I've heard another artist tell me that as many people have, have purchased their art, then they're on the spot. I mean, they're all successful artists, but I don't think I've ever, you know, talked to somebody who's been that lucrative with it. I was shocked at that. I was shocked that, that people, that when I went to go count how many I've done, how many I've sold. I was like, oh yeah. 75? 75 originals in like three years. So that's a lot. Right. That's the thing. So Gloria push, I say push and I don't mean it in a bad way. Gloria, it strongly encourages you to do this gallery. And then all of a sudden, like you said, I got the itch and now three years later, four years later, three years later, 75 that are sold. I, yes. have, I have a lot of them. <laughs> I have a, a bunch at Aurora Theater right now. I have some at a loft right now. And where else? Well, there's that one in Goliad. That mm-hmm. She's the girl with the Frida tattoo. So it's a girl and she's she's kind of like this. And she has a little tattoo right there. I don't know if I've seen that one. So uh, let's see. Yeah, I want to see. Here. I think this is so freaking cool that you brought these. Because I'm just blown away like I said thank you yeah I mean so what's next what's going to happen next with so in November I'll be the featured artist at Greenlight Coffee on Yorktown Mm -hmm. so I'm working on a bunch right now and I feel like this year everything went kind of lighter kind of I don't know just more springy colors I guess okay so not as deep and dark and I don't know like moody maybe and why do you think that is? Is it representative of the mood you're in? I think so. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I am so happy right now because I love my job and I just, you know, just loving life right now. No, that's awesome. And I think it's cool that it translates into your art. Not that I didn't love my job in the past. Of I course. love serving seniors and I thought what a noble way to be helping people you know, change the way they live out their end of life. Right. And so you've been in this field for a while. Ten years. Yeah. And what made you go there and why? So before that, before I started with activities, I was merchandising for Kohl's. Mm -hmm. I got into working at Kohl's because I was a realtor and the market tanked. Wow. (laughs) Remember that year that everyone couldn't sell a house? I was, yeah, yes. And so, so... This leading lady, her name was Yvonne Pena. She was my my broker at the time, and we both went to go shop at Kohl's. And it was our our dues were up in December. The realtor dues you have to pay they're like a thousand dollars. We're like, oh my god, we need Christmas money. Let's go yeah go work at Kohl's. And then they ended up moving us up within a few months to 
lower management. Dang, y'all were just that good. And I just stayed there for four and a half years. and Or maybe it was longer. I don't know. I think it was six years. So I met a bunch of leading ladies there. Ladies who really took me under the wing and taught me how to merchandise. And they were just wonderful women. So there was a lady named Diane Trevino. She's so awesome. And she was just so nurturing and tough. Mm-hmm. At the same time, they just really helped me a lot be as good as I could be in that position. And then this one lady, Esperanza Lopez, she was just the same hardworking. Oh my gosh, I've never known anybody more hardworking. And then my partner who worked with me all the time, her name was Cindy De La Garza, And we were just like so synergistic. I've never had a relationship like that ever. I love those relationships. They're yeah. far and few between, but when you when you're in it, oh my goodness. And I always wish I could find another Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy. She's just amazing leading lady. Just I'm that's what built what I am today. Just always being fortunate enough to meet all these really wonderful leading ladies. So, I had to leave that job. I was looking for a different job, something that I kind of nine to five ish. Yes, more stable kind of thing. Right, because we did like overnights and going in at four a.m. and it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was like shopping all day. I loved yeah, it. it was like Christmas <laughs> every day. I lo- I just loved it. And you always knew when they got the new stuff in. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I loved it, and I loved all those women there. They were wonderful to me. So my sister was working at this one long term care. And she told me about that activity director position, which I never knew anything about. It was just like a different world. So I went and applied and they gave it to me. And then it was just, from then on, I was doing it. Yeah. And you were just naturally good at it. Uh, so that I ended up going to get certified and then I ended up getting certified the, in what? In act, the activity director certification. Okay. Because it's required by the state. Mm-hmm. Otherwise the property can get a tag and I got you. Some of those tags that they get, uh, they bring fines and stuff, not for activity director, but. So nobody wants to get a tag. So of they, course. Want, they want a certified activity director. So they'll bring you on as long as you get certified within a certain amount of time or something? Right. Okay, very good. So I just got really lucky that they hired me without that at the time. Mm-hmm. And then they sent me for a class. And then, so I met my mentor, another leading lady. She doesn't live here in Corpus anymore, but her name is Victoria Salter. She's just always been a mentor to me. Just amazing woman. And she's a therapeutic recreation specialist. But she teaches activity director classes, and I ended up getting on the C-Track board. That's the the board that gives activity directors their certification in Texas and therapeutic recs okay. their certification. So then I ended up taking classes through Vicky to become therapeutic rec uh, associate mm-hmm. certified, and so just kind of... So you just loved it. Yeah, I really did. So you're coordinating activities, but you took it to the next level because you said you developed like a curriculum and then eventually you led them through like art history almost. Yeah. We did art history classes for history. We did uh, self-directed neuroplasticity classes where, because and I And that's a, a what? Say that again. Yeah. <laughs> Self what? So I was reading these books, right? And, and I, I always wanted to read whatever my boss was reading mm-hmm. so I know where she's at in her head, right? And I had this wonderful boss, Deborah Nugent, just the most wonderful boss I've ever worked for. She's just really shaped everyone who worked for her. She's so unbiased and so fair and just... She sounds great. She's just wonderful. Fair. For someone to be truly fair, that's amazing. To this day, she inspires me and she's still... She's the executive director at the Mirador right now. And so I, I kind of got into that, some of those books through what she was reading and it kind of just led me to re- read this other book and so I came upon this Rick Hansen's um, su- self-directed neuroplasticity it's called uh, Hardwiring Your Happiness mm-hmm. so we were all kind of on that kick right at that time she was reading books similar and so then I realized when I left Mirador and I went to this other skilled nursing where it's it's a lot uh, lower function level mm-hmm. and so I was hearing all these stories from these women about horrible things that had happened to them and how they can't get it off their mind. Now they're ruminating and they're yes. and kind of very unhappy and wanting to talk to somebody 
about it and so i would just agonize once i heard some of this stuff it was like your brain is scalded yeah and i was like what can i do to help them because they can't really move it's not like we can go on a walk Mm -hmm. it's not like we can get into yeah they're literally like stuck in their head yes so it was that book that uh hardwiring your happiness that helped me learn the five steps right to 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 rewire your brain Mm -hmm. and then teach them and then we just practiced it together all the time it's so simple Wow. But I read them the book. I, I, and I had women who only spoke Spanish, but, you know, have lived here forever and so understand English completely. And they're on the edge of their wheelchair listening. And I'm like, that's so me. But they're telling me in Spanish. Yes. That's how I am. It was, it was powerful for them. And I feel like if you're into it and you're passionate about it, it will make a difference for them. So, yes. So we just incorporated it in so many things that we did. The five steps like in our art that we did and our crafts that we did and little presents that I would Man, buy Man, so what was, an amazing way to incorporate that into these people's lives. Wow, I'm blown away. And to help them retrain their thoughts so that they're not suffering because we can't change the past. Yep. So, and then it helped me. It helped me to stop doing those things too. Mm-hmm. So. God, can't we be guilty of that? I mean, just like a mind prison. Yes. Yeah. And that book is so powerful. I recommend it to everybody because it really tells you the science behind why it's bad to have those negative thoughts. Don't do it. (laughs) It, it, It's interesting. I mean, there is science to prove it. A lot of people think that it's kind of uh, like spiritual mumbo jumbo, be positive, be positive, be positive. But I mean, there is scientific data to back it up. Right. Yeah. And it's so fascinating. And they were so into it. So, yeah. And that's cool to hear because, you know, when you think about somebody, you know, in in that kind of situation and and at that time in their life, oftentimes they seem kind of detached, you know, they're not really interacting too, too much. And um, you got to be there and to bring them into the present. That's so cool. And it made me want to get up every day and go over there and help them, you know, retrain their thoughts so that way they wouldn't be suffering. No, that's like a life skill. Yeah. And I mean, it's not too late to learn it ever, obviously. Obviously, because they were in their 80s, some of them, and they were doing it, and they became happier people. And over time, I got to see that, hey, this really worked. It was great. That is... So how would you incorporate it into the paintings? So sometimes we would do paintings of great thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. We want to remember a great thought. We want our our wall to have something that's going to take where we're going to go instead of. Ooh, right? okay. And then sometimes it was like some of the steps that mm-hmm. we would put in a craft or things like that. So, and then I would get them little presents that sometimes had like think positive or think pretty. Mm-hmm. We would say think pretty. So it would just, you know, when you say think pretty, you can't help but think pretty. Right? Uh, yes, you're absolutely. No, I'm like, I actually like that better than think positive. Yeah. Yeah, think pretty. Yeah, because I'm already thinking of like stuff like this. Yeah, and you're not going to go to that ugly place when you say that. So That's so important. And I think it's, you are obviously meant to do this because I can tell how much you love it. And the fact that you, like you said, you kind of just took this idea and then developed it into these day-to-day activities. I mean, that's. That's the job. Right. And you love it. Yeah. And now you're doing it for the city. Am I right? So now, so then I ended up leaving activity director position to go and run the senior companion program. Mm -hmm. So it's a grant funded program and it's all over the United States and it's part of senior core. And there's RSVP program, senior companion program, and foster grandparents that fall under that. Mm -hmm. And... We have 68 senior companions here in this town. We need a lot more, but we're funded for 68. Okay. So the seniors, there is an income level requirement for the senior companions, but mm-hmm. there isn't for the clients. So it could be any income level. Great. That they can, as long as there is a need for that. Mm-hmm. And there really is. And I became aware of the program because I had a few volunteers at the facilities that I was working at over the years. And I was asked to be on the senior companion advisory board and then I guess it kind of just evolved into this. Yeah, I I had no idea. Like I said I work for the city. So it's okay, senior companion meaning someone to be a friend or you know what I mean? Like what's what what is a senior companion? So yes, they can they can help with 
small tasks like a, a light meal or light housekeeping and it's mostly companionship because there's lots of elderly people out there that fall between the cracks they don't yes. want or the families don't want them to go to an assisted living or or even like a memory care or a skilled nursing unit and so they want to try to help them stay at home but they're not there all day yes like i met this wonderful family every family member has assigned a day and so they're all taking care of that's mom. awesome and they just needed these few hours yes. that they needed a companion for me and i was like how can i not help them they're just awesome the way they're yes they're trying to keep her in her own home so yes i mean because that's you know they're people too i mean that's your you know lineage and your everything i mean yeah you start to realize when you work around older people that they're just like us. Mm-hmm. They just have a few more wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and all of that goes away when I'm around them. It's like you forget how old they are and they just, they're just they just regular people. Yeah, I was going to say, you can just tell. Like you were meant to do this. I mean, the yeah. fact that it kind of fell into your lap 10 years ago or whatever. Right. And Plus, now I was raised by my grandparents, so... Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of young people are afraid of old people because they're never around them. <laughs> yes. I mean, unfortunately, that was the case. Not, I wasn't afraid of them, but I just didn't know what to talk to them about. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't relate to them because I just, I don't know, just I didn't really have a relationship with my grandparents. And so when I hear about people who did, I think it's amazing. And I see my parents are grandparents and they spend so much time with the grandkids. I'm like, yes. Yeah. It's important stuff. I mean... I'm just so. What do they know that you do this? Do you tell the people that you were that uh, your residents? Did they know that you did this kind of thing? Yeah, they. It was so so recent. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, sometimes I would share it with them, but sometimes I thought this might not be the kind of stuff they would like. <laughs> so uh, it's a like, surprise. Maybe it has like a real ethnic bend to it. So, but what does your family think about it? Like your kids and everything. My kids are so proud and. And I'm, I am close to my mom. She was always around anyway. And my mom is a really big influence too mm-hmm. because she, you know, has that spiritual quality to her. She's like a faith healer and she does wow. Reiki. And, really? And, yeah. I'm so fascinated by that stuff. And so that, I think, like, being drawn to all that stuff was because of my mom. So, yeah, she's definitely another leading lady. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, one of these days I want to... I want to have someone perform Reiki on me and and that kind of thing. Do you, do you practice that kind of stuff? She put me through the classes when I was young. So she's been doing it for so long that I... Oh, think, before it became like trendy. Yeah. She, right on. I was like 19, I think, when she was teaching classes out of her house and I went through the classes and stuff. But when my mom does it, you can feel the energy coming through her. So I just didn't feel like I had it, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, at least you're being honest with yeah. yourself because you're depicting it in other ways like this. Yeah. I mean, I just can't, I'm, I'm, I, your art just, I'm sorry. I'm like, bli- like a blithering weirdo over here, but I just, it's so, so incredible. And, and when you agreed to be on, I was just thrilled. Thank you. So what do you, what advice do you have for someone who maybe has put their passion on the back burner for a little while? And wants to get back into it. Like, what would you say to them trying to get back in? I would say take the leap. Just make the, I always tell my kids, my daughter, I say, set a goal and small steps towards your goal every day. Mm-hmm. So that way you don't feel like you're, you're ignoring that goal. Just one step. Tell yourself one step towards it. So when my goal was starting to be get into art shows, then it was like, okay, let me get a canvas. Okay, mm-hmm. let me go get some paint. Okay, let me sketch out something. Just one step towards my goal every day. Yes. Never leave the goals on the back burner because then it won't get done. Time mm-hmm. will just pass and you won't have it done. So just at least let yourself do one step towards the goal. I love that because I used to think I would have to do it in big chunks and I would get frustrated because I wouldn't do it. But you're so right. Literally baby step. Right. And usually once you take that first step, you don't want to stop just at that. You'll keep going. Mm-hmm. But if you promise yourself you're just going to do one step mm-hmm. towards your goal every day. <laughs> so No, I mean, it's so true. I mean, you've literally helped people rewire their brains. So that I can't think of a better piece of advice for somebody who's just trying to get back into it somehow. And... I remember the night of the first show, I thought it was just so amazing. It was such a great feeling that people would actually come. And I had a good friend of mine that we grew up 
together in Rostown and he came all the way from San Antonio just to buy a piece. And it was just so sweet. It was such a great feeling. But I remember thinking if none of this would have happened, it still would have been a good life. Yes. It still would have been great because I, I still would have been, you know, doing what I was doing, dedicating myself to that cause of helping people um, change the way they live out their end of life and then dedicated to my family. So, but it's just, it's cool that I got to do this too. <laughs> yes. And you're nowhere near done. No. Yeah. So what's next? So you said in December, you're going to be the featured artist at Rebel Toad. Right. Any other big exhibits then, coming up? Um, I, see, I have that featured artist at Greenlight Coffee coming up and... Oh, right. And then I'm working on all new stuff. So yes. it's all... Yeah. I've been working on it at the house and... Just haven't put out any... I put one picture out. I'm trying to get more loose and, you know, just evolve. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people tell me, you know, move away from the Frida thing. But, I mean, it's it's so authentic, I feel like, for me, because I read her biography yes. when I was young. I was into her art. I would go, tra- travel to galleries to go see her art so I just thought it was it's authentic to me because I loved her art exactly I love that kind of crazy raw art so mm-hmm. to me it's just raw and it just evokes emotion which is what art is supposed to do it's supposed to make you feel so exactly and the fact that you you hit the nail on the head right there by saying it's authentic to you I mean you can't ever go wrong if you're staying authentic to yourself and that's why when I hear stuff like that where people are, are literally trying to to force you a different way like no i appreciate yeah. you but no yeah kind of thing and i don't think you're listening to them which i like no yeah <laughs> i'm just kind of snickering and do what i want to do anyway so. yeah <laughs> when i think you just have the best attitude about it too you. you don't come across as somebody who would do something that didn't feel right to you and uh i mean once you see this you're like yeah she she's not trying to jump on any <laughs> she's doing her own thing <laughs> But again, I mean, you're not for everyone, and I think that is so crazy beautiful. Like, I I love that. Um, I just love your art, and I think you're absolutely inspirational. And I thank you so much for being here and just sharing your gift with the world. And I'm looking forward to your new stuff because many, many moons ago, many moons ago, I don't know how many minis there are in the title of that painting. I mean, I'll never forget it. I mean, it was just one of those things that just moved me. And so you're just incredibly talented and thank you just thank you so much thank you thank you for having me yeah